Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. These niggas so scary, won't let them bury me. That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Curry. And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. Uh-huh. These niggas hilarious. All right, welcome back to Don V Fridays. Um, after a loss uh, to the Notre Dame fight in Irish, uh, the season press is on. It is what it is. Drift, how you living, my boy? Doing pretty good, man. I had a... Uh... Two days off the past two days. We, they, they gave us like fall break at, at school. So uh, long weekend for me. Uh, both my teams, Bengals and uh, and Tech, lost by three this weekend in some heartbreaking ways. So uh, can't wait to get into that. It'll be fun. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny because both my teams lost too in, in similar <laughs> fashion because Virginia Tech lost and the 49ers lost and the quarterbacks got hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah, at least Burrow's not hurt. Could be worse for me. Could yeah, be way worse. Yeah, Could be way worse. Burrow, Burrow, Burrow went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. Man, we got to put some respect on Joe Burrow' name. Um, the result, the end result is what it is. The Bengals should have won. Mason Crosby was out there doing everything he could to fuck that game up, but yeah, that's the way. That's the way it be sometimes. Sometimes, man, teams like the Packers. The Patriots, historically, some teams just always – They just win. They just always find a way to win these games. I don't know. But uh, no, Notre Dame game, Virginia Tech, uh, that game went exactly how we said it was going to go. Yep. All the way down to the multiple quarterbacks, Braxton uh, getting hurt banged up we're gonna get into that later but it was just like we said it was gonna be a tough physical gritty we kept saying gritty it was uh, gritty it was, it was, it was gritty as fuck gritty it was gonna it was the grittiest game i've ever seen the fuente era because normally when teams get gritty with us we normally just you know pack up our shit and fold but no we got gritty back i'm not gonna lie to you we was gritty as fuck it was a hard-hitting physical game. We might, we it might this game playing this game this way might cost us a pound of flesh going forward. But before we get into all the bad shit, <laughs> we got a lot of bad shit to talk about. What were some of the things that you like to see from the team, offense and defense? Uh, offensively, I think I thought Trey Turner played a really good game. I uh, like mm-hmm. I liked his game a lot. The only play that I really wish I think he, he knew this too could have had back was that that jet sweep that went down to the one yard line. 
And mm-hmm. then we ended up taking a field goal that possession instead of a touchdown. Uh, yeah, he was, he was close. I felt like he might have could have got that if he uh, maybe dove or something like that. But yeah, I thought he but, played uh, a good uh, game. Coach, the coach, coaches against diving, reaching, stretching, all that shit. Yeah, exactly. He's probably just playing to the coaches. But uh, I thought he played a good game all around. I mean, he had six catches for eighty yards. Uh, pretty solid right. performance. That's what he you had, want. He had the one drop, but it was going to be a tough catch. Yeah, I mean, shit happens. He played a good game. It was in prime time mm-hmm. and carried the offense for the most part with, you know, Burmeister was running for his life. Um, but I like the defense, too, specifically Waller. I thought had a good game. I thought the one catch that he gave up, the the deep ball, mm-hmm. I, thought he, I thought he had good coverage. I thought that was just a perfect placement uh, from the quarterback. Couldn't, can't really do much about that. You're supposed to play it from the hip, and it, he just had over the shoulder and couldn't do anything about it. But uh, had the pick six. That really turned the game for Virginia Tech. That was a huge play. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Jermaine Wall. Those are my two stars on on offense and defense. Um, so that's what I'm rolling with. Shout out Jermaine Waller, future first round draft pick. Um, believe it or not, I got to. I'm gonna tip my hat to Braxton Burmeister. Now, I've said this in the post game space um, that. Just throw the numbers away. The numbers look nasty. 15 to 30, 184 yards, one interception, 10 carries, 49 yards, one touchdown. You look at that, it's like, okay, another mid-performance. That was the best Braxton Burmeister has ever played in the Virginia. Fuck that. That was the best game of his career. I agree. Um, And against that opponent, injured. Uh, he was in there getting his ass smoked. He, the minute he came back into the game because Blumrick got hurt, he got Cal Hamilton. He's staring down the barrel of a shotgun. Cal Hamilton buries his ass. He still made a, a big third and five uh, completion to Trey Turner. Like Burmeister was out there drugged up, but <laughs> hooping. Oh, yeah, he was on some of them good yeah, oxies. He was. <laughs> Taking <laughs> the was, pills on the sideline. That he, was was popping them, he was popping them pills like they was Skittles on the sideline um, doing his best Brett Favre invitation out there perked up making plays. Uh, shout out Braxton Perkmeister, man. He was out there making plays. But like I was saying, that is the peak. That is the – for better or for worse, we lost the fucking game. For better or for worse, that is the best you're going to see from Braxton Burmeister. And sadly, you might not ever see that again because he is way more injured than they are letting on. The man said his arm was numb, and he went back into the game. So take that for whatever, you know, take that for what it is. Uh, I'm going to tip my hat to – Braxton Burmeister, that was a and yeah, we joke about the grit shit, but that was a gritty ass performance. Um, this is a game had we won it, we would be talking about that shit five years from now, talking about how tough this kid is. He is tough, even though we lost, he's still tough, tough yeah. as shit. I wanna I wanna put some respect on Nazir people's name. The man was everywhere, the man uh led the team in tackles, had the interception. Um He's I been like a good player this year. He's been a really good player this whole year. He's been a, a very pleasant surprise. Um, 
and to be coming off injury. Like I said, if you would have told me that the man would have it, I think he got injured in what December or something like it ain't been a full calendar year since his injury, and he's back and he's been balling. So Nazir peoples take a bow, sir. Like this one ain't on you. Um let's get into the monkey shit. Uh I said it, I've been saying it, we've been saying it all year. Um, I don't think we're breaking any news here, but um this game was lost before it was played. Uh the quarterback room is a fucking mess. Let's go ahead and say the quarterback room is fucking nasty. Wait, you got a It's not getting much better anytime soon either. And it ain't getting better no time soon. When you have two quarterbacks leave, and yes, we yeah, yes, yes. Once they have clicked the fuck off right now, uh the real ones only. Uh when you let two quarterbacks leave via transfer portal, and and God bless them, that's their decision. You bring back what you get back from the portal is a tight end from Texas A&M who hasn't really played the position since high school or some shit, and uh, Connor Blumrick. And then you got Knox Kadem, who the coaches are like, fuck you if you're getting in. No, not happening. You go into the season with Braxton Burmeister as your starter, who is an average, he's a below average passer, an above average runner, and he's Average size. He's not a big dude. He's not. He's he's pretty fast. He's pretty fast. Um, but he's not really elusive. He's not really escaping people. He's getting himself killed out there every week. So what you have is you have a a, a banged up, undersized, below average passer who needs to run to be effective. Like he has to run to set up all his other shit. Right. You got you got Blumrick who can't pass either. He's more so like a wildcat Tebow. Uh and then you got Knox who you're not getting in. So this is another game where whether you keep Quincy or you keep Hendon, them combined with Burmeister, you probably win the game, especially in short yardage. Oh, a hundred percent. And we've been we've been having we've been struggling heavily in short yardage. Like I said, the the when we were on the one yard line and ended up kicking a field goal after the Trey Turner uh, jet sweep. Like, if you have Hennon Hooker or Quincy Patterson, you probably get the touchdown there on QB power, and you're up seven instead of you know three. So it changes your whole play call, like because because Braxton Burmeister was banged up coming into the game. Um, Braxton Burmeister got hurt early this year. He hasn't been keeping a lot of these jet sweeps. I don't, you know, he hasn't been keeping on these jet sweeps. He hasn't really been faking and carrying the ball. Braxton Burmeister has been scrambling with the ball. That's how he's been running with it. And they call the occasional QB power with him or whatever. But they were bringing in Blumrick to to do some of the short yardage shit. Um, it's just a game. It's always a game within the game. You do not go into the portal for a kid that hasn't played when you know you're losing starter capable players. That that's my that's one of my biggest issues with Fuente is he doesn't know how to manage 
he doesn't know how to manage his roster. And sometimes I think he makes decisions based on, uh, well, I like this kid. So we'll figure it out, my system and all that, and we'll just make this shit work. Um, right. You couple that you, with a bad offensive line, too, because of how many people we lost. Uh, and when you couple that with yeah. the offensive line that's struggling, um, they didn't play a – they didn't look horrible like they did against West Virginia, but they couldn't get a push in the run game. Um, running backs got to make something out of nothing. Uh, there's no holes. That vice squad shit from last year is over with. Um, so, so you got no run game to help Burmeister out. And that's what we said that he we needed to happen uh, to win this game, that the offensive line and the running backs was going to have to take pressure off Burmeister because if he's out there and he has to be the running game, the man's going to get killed. So it's just a, it's a lot of issues. Uh, Henry Hooker's, you know, tearing the SEC up right now. The, uh, he leads the SEC and QBR passer rating or some shit. He looks good uh, throwing the ball downfield, too. Right. And I think we said that last week that the trade-off, okay, Burmeister is supposed to be more accurate. He's supposed to be. And maybe he is in short yardage and throwing crossing routes and all that shit. He possibly is. He ain't that much better than Hendon, but let's say he is. The trade-off that we lost from the deep ball is as a Grand Canyon gap. It's not close. Right. Hendon Hooker is clearly the better downfield passer, especially off play action, where Burmeister, before these injuries, he had a pop gun arm. We knew that. Um, and, of course, we see what Quincy, what Quincy Patterson is doing for North Dakota State. But a lot of people would say, eh, it's FCS, so, you know, mind you, he's still throwing 80-yard fucking passes, but, you know, yeah. it's FCS, so it don't count. What's your, what's your take? What's your thoughts on the current QB room? Blumbrick's out for an indefinite period. Burmeister's prop, Burmeister probably should be out, but fuck, fuck no, we're not going to Knox. Is pretty much what they're saying. Yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on the current QB room? Uh, moving forward, it's going to be tough because I feel like I feel like a lot of fans are going to want to see Taj play, um, mm. just to see the upside and see what he looks like. And I think honestly, if if you're going to try anyone else outside of Burmeister, I think you want to try Taj because the quarterback room is going to get even bigger next year when Orgy comes in. Um, and Orgy and Bullock are about the same age. And if you don't give one of them a chance now, being Bullock now, you're not going to be able to sift through two quarterbacks later down the road. So if you don't let Bullock play now, you might get into a situation where in a couple of years we have both Bullock and Orgy, and we're playing this two-quarterback system, trying to figure everything out like we just did with Hooker and uh and Quincy Patterson and that ends up leading to maybe one or two of them leaving so I feel like get the jump on it like if if Burmeister can't play uh I think we should let Taj get some snaps just to see how he looks uh maybe he looks too bad in practice but I I can't imagine that's the case um because we've seen him throw so you know yeah, I want I want to see them get a chance this press conference that Bullock is not ready but he said that shit in the past and yeah I don't, I don't know how much i mean he said he said a lot of stuff in the past too about the whole team yeah. about the passing and, and yeah yeah you got to take everything Fuente said everything, with a grain of salt everything but for a grain of salt about about bullock he said that bullock was not ready 
I think, in, in response to what you said about, I think a lot of fans want to just see Bullock at this point because let's stop fooling ourselves. Burmeister is not healthy. He's not going to get any healthier playing games. Uh, the, the the healthiest you've seen this motherfucker play was the Carolina game, and people say he was hurt during that. Um, yeah. With his play style, with his talent, uh, it's, it's not going to get any better from here. It's, it's only downhill from here, unless he sits out a couple of weeks, which clearly Fuente is, is ready to risk that to win these next couple of games while we go into this ACC play. Yeah, the, the other thing, too, is like even if they take Burmeister out and play somebody else, they're going to use a different playbook or they're going to lessen the playbook. Like they're not going to give him the full oh playbook. God. You know what I mean? And Right. And that's not the same thing with every school. Like, you know, you know, Notre Dame is using two quarterbacks and they're making it work and they're doing almost the exact same thing. They might even be doing more with their backup quarterbacks. But even if we put Taj in, it's not a guarantee that the that we're going to let him throw. Like, he might just run more, honestly. So If they put Taj, Knox, Taj or Knox, because Lomerick is hurt. If going forward, let's, God forbid, Burmeister gets knocked out this pit game, and he has to sit out for three or four weeks or whatever. You, we already think the offense is simple and scaled down now. What you think it'll be with a freshman playing, a true freshman? That's it probably why be, they don't want to play him. All right. Because they it probably know they're going to be some shit. It'll be super scaled down. Fuente would be damn near taking the ball and throwing it himself in the flats because he yeah. wouldn't be calling shit downfield. Um, and his number one player to throw to in the flats is James Mitchell, and he's out, so he can't do that. It's a mess. And then you got and then you got Knox who's been in the program. This is his third season in the program. And he hasn't developed one iota. He hasn't developed at all since being in Virginia Tech. It's a mess. The quarterback room is a mess. And that's why I say, me personally, I say we lost the game before it was played. Because yeah. the whole season hinged on Braxton Burmeister's health. And well-being, and right now he's not healthy and he's not doing too great because uh, if you're going to tell me your arm went numb during the game, you're not about to tell me he's fine and practicing and everything. He probably hasn't practiced all week. Right. So yeah. – uh, No, it's, it's, it's not looking good. But, I mean, the other thing about Knox, like I feel like people keep talking about how bad he is and how much of a surprise, I guess, that is being in his third year. But, I mean, Rutgers was his only other Power 5 offer at the time, and that was when Rutgers was even worse than they are right now. And uh, he was a low three-star, like 83. I mean, he was never supposed to end up being a major cornerstone or even quarterback in a Power 5 program. It just happened to be at Virginia Tech because we do this thing where we offer players like this that we think are gems and mm -hmm. they're not. And we, we're, we've been seeing this with the most recent class. And every time we say it, people get pissed off because they say that we're going after a gem. But this is what happens when you go after players that nobody else offers is that you have a player on the bench that you don't want to play. Nobody wants to see because they're not even supposed to be at that level in the first place. He should be playing at James Madison or Charlotte or Coastal or whatever. He's not supposed to be playing at Virginia Tech. Yeah, Knox. Knox need to go ahead and holler at the Citadel next year or some shit, bro. Because uh, 
once Orgy comes, once Orgy comes in, it's going to be Orgy, Bullock, probably Burmeister. But uh, it's time to start utilizing the portal and bringing in football players. Uh, bringing in all oh, this, this like this smartest man in the room shit. We're going to bring in the little tight end from – we're going to bring in the tight end from Texas A&M that wasn't even a good tight end but can kind of play quarterback. All that type of shit is over with. We got to start utilizing the portal to bring in starter-level players. The Johnny Jordans, uh, some of the shit they do with – the shit they did with the portal, they was acting like it was limits on it. Like, okay, well, we got to only get low level. No, you can get whoever you want. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know, I know they would prefer older players because they're not gonna talk back, and God forbid. But go get talented starters. Like, why are you fucking around with these grad transfers that's not playing? They're picky in recruitment in general. I feel like their 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 pickiness in high school recruiting goes with their college transfers as well. Like, they don't they don't really take a whole lot of players, and they're very careful and picky about who they end up taking. Um, I don't know. I feel like every time we have the dis- this discussion, somebody talks about the fact that we got Khalil Herbert and he was a monster. But by yeah. and large, we haven't won the portal. Like, I we've got a couple lot- players, I think they but- hit the lottery on Khalil Herbert. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, he was pretty good at Kansas the year he was there. It was just Puka Williams was also there, and it's Kansas. Yeah, I think they hit the lottery. I think they 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 bought a bunch of five dollar scratch offs and they hit on one. <laughs> Yeah, and and I mean that goes for that goes for all. I mean, since they've been utilizing the transfer portal, and I'm appreciative that they do use use the transfer portal because Dabo is against it, which is crazy because they got coaches' sons out there playing defense. But we we still like to go to the five dollar bin. It's like, wait a minute, brother, this is Virginia Tech, like. Yeah, we we got we got a name like we not we not LSU or USC or Miami, but we got a name, man. We not exactly uh yes UNLV either. So you don't got to go to the five dollar band, man. I'll let some of these upper level players and get you starters out the portal. Yeah, that's I think that's how Virginia Tech should be built. I think I think we should recruit in the twenty five to thirty range, and we should be in the portal for the top players in the portal, not just somebody out of Villanova just because like they just be getting motherfuckers just to wear the uniform that should be crazy but back to the Notre Dame <laughs> there was some decisions made by the coaches um made by Fuente himself there was a, a two-point conversion specifically where he said it's on me I was pissed off um and we went for the two we did not get it that one's on me there was a decision to punt on fourth and two, but basically he was sealing the team's fate, but we had trouble converting short yardage. If you don't convert that, you basically hand them the game anyway. Um, Me personally, I didn't have a problem with any of Fuente's decisions in the game. Me personally, I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with the two-point conversion. I didn't have a problem with the decision to punt. Um, how about you? Uh, the, the two point, the two point play, I had a problem with just because it's 
we've been trashing short yarded situations and then you go five yards back after the penalty. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's the only one, the, the punt, I don't have a problem with the punt because honestly, like we, we've been talking about on this podcast, like if you're, if Virginia Tech's going to win games, it's going to be because of their defense and their offense, putting them in situations to not lose. And that's another situation where like the defense can win us that game and this game they didn't, but most games they will. Yeah. Yeah. The defense was gassed. Um, I don't think the defense was ever lost. I think when the when they made, when Notre Dame went to uh, Tyler Buckner from Jack Cone, who was terrified in the beginning, Tyler Buckner kind of got off for a second. After Jham, after Jham made his adjustments, it was spooky hours. It was uh, we had two interceptions. Uh, Buckner looked lost. He looked like a freshman, but Jack Cone um came back in and you know, senior veteran leadership. And the defense, the defensive line was gassed. They couldn't get a pass rushing. We get a targeting call against us, and that was pretty much all she wrote. <laughs> yeah. No, and then and and when the targeting call happened, uh, Dean Ferguson came in for Dax, and he got beat on the next play on like an angle route for like twenty yards. Uh, so it was just. It was it was bad the ending, uh, but that's what happens when teams have two quarterbacks that they can play. Like if we had two quarterbacks we could play, we would have had a better chance that game. They did and they won. Um, so I think I think that game can go both ways. I didn't have really a problem with the way that we called that game, but shout out to the defense, especially Jay Ham for making those adjustments. He's been money in the in like most of these games, making adjustments on the fly and getting the defense playing right. Right, right. And I said it uh I said it post game that Jham makes adjustments. Um I'm I'm almost I'm almost ready to to endorse Jham as a potential yes. head coach candidate. I was just about to ask you that same question. In the event, and I don't think Fuente getting fired, but in the event that Wick grows a nutsack and does fire Fuente. I wouldn't. I, I would. I want to hear what Jay Ham got to say. I, I'm not gonna say I will 100% J, take Jay Ham over other coaching candidates, but I would at least hear an interview. I want to at least hear what he got to say. Yeah, I actually because. was thinking about this recently. Like, if 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 Wente gets fired, even at the end of the year, and they're looking for a new head coach, like I don't know if I would be mad if they just kept Jay Ham and promoted him to head coach because, like. If you get another head coach, you're going to probably end up getting rid of Jay Ham and Ryan Smith. And what we know of this roster and this team right now is that Jay Ham and Ryan Smith are some of the best parts of this team and the best parts of the coaching staff. So you don't necessarily want to lose them. And if you can keep them around, like Jay Ham might be able to hire a great offensive coordinator and then we're back. Like it could be that simple. So I'm, I'm kind of on the Jay Ham board right now. I, I, I like what I'm seeing. Hey. Jay Ham, Jay Ham definitely is is living up. And somebody had tweeted me. I, I don't know who. It's not that I'm afraid to call people out because I don't mind. But they was like, uh, Jay Ham didn't adjust because look at the fourth quarter. You know, you know these motherfuckers don't watch football. It's like, did you not see the fucking freshman quarterback get undressed in the second half after he was looking good at first? Is that not adjustments? Did you not see a pick six from Jermaine Waller sitting there, sitting on the – did you not see that? Did you not see our defense undress a freshman quarterback after he was flying high in the second quarter? Do motherfuckers watch football or do they watch the score? I don't know. 
they clearly made adjustments and shut out the, the, the freshman quarterback. They went back to the senior quarterback who was rattled in the beginning, and he had settled in, and the defense was gassed. Just because you see your defense give up plays don't mean it's the defensive coordinator fault. Some shit be beyond the coordinator. Right. And 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 you lose Dax at the end, too. And uh, you lose Dax, and you give up 15 yards, which is huge. They get first down. You take the air out the stadium. The whole targeting thing, um, I don't know what else Dax was supposed to do other than let him catch it. Yeah, I thought that was a nice hit. I thought that was a great play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what they wanted Dax to do in that position. I mean, is he supposed to fucking blow the kid's knees out? Um, right. Because there was nothing that there. Dax had three options. You lay the kid out, which is what he did. He didn't launch. He didn't uh, headshot the kid enough. It wasn't nothing malicious. Uh, you let him catch it and you let him run which you don't want to do that or you fucking end the kid's career and take his legs out. Um, uh, I think, I don't think the targeting rule is stupid. I just think that they need this off season to, to look into targeting and say, okay, he did not try to kill the kid, which he could have. He could have did much worse. Um, I think if the kid gets up, is is second down, but but the, you know he didn't get up. I think a lot of times refs throw the flag because somebody is hurt or they're struggling to get up. They got and hit I hard, yeah, because they got hit hard. And I think sometimes they need to look at the situation. Okay, did he lower his head? Did he use his the crown of the head as a weapon? Fuck helmet to helmet contact because they're wearing helmets. <laughs> yep. You know, you know, he's not using his head to hit the other kid's head, but heads are going to collide. They're running fast. Like, you know, like heads are going to whip back. And I right. think a lot of times they see heads whip back or they see helmets collide and they say target. And it's like, oh, that's not targeted. Yeah, it's not targeting. It's only all. it's only targeting when, a, in my opinion, when a player like spears somebody directly at yeah, their head. You spears know I mean? somebody or. Or launches himself, shit like that, malicious shit. Right. And I think they need to do. I think what Dax did, it might be by the rule book targeting, but I think they need to make it like the old face mask rule, where like remember like incidental face mask five yards, and yep. like on purpose face mask fifteen yards. I think they need to do incidental targeting, five yards. The kid, the, the kid is not ejected, and then like malicious targeting like you tried to kill them motherfuckers uh, <laughs> you know 15 yards get the fuck out the game you know right, yeah but the, what Dax tried to be like it, he had no harmful intent I just think they should have been like okay give him the first down five yards first down okay I think everybody wins in that situation well you know we probably don't win but it's better than throwing Dax out the game and sitting right. him down for the first half of this upcoming game because it was just, it was more important than the yards too. I mean, like we talked about, like you lose your middle linebacker and then your backup middle linebacker gives up like a twenty yard gain on the next play. Like it's a big deal. Like if right. it was a five yard penalty and Dax was still in the game, was, shit, we could have probably right. won that game. It might have been different. Probably could have won the game, and, and and we're not here to disrespect no kids, but uh, 
Dean Ferguson, like that's that's the teacher's name, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Dean Ferguson. Shout outs, but uh that's not <laughs> Dax me up, my boy. Shout out Dax on the fifth. Come on, Don B Friday, tell your story, man. Um, anything else we need to touch on this Notre Dame game before we move on? Ah, I think we covered, I think we covered it all. I think we covered it all. We've been covering it all since since we since you know. Oh, as a, uh, ma- since as a matter of fact, we've been no, calling exactly this. I got one more. I got one more. I I do have one issue with Fuente, um, in this game. I know I excused the the fourth and two punt, and I excused his decision to go for two. Um, one thing that had me hot was I think we had the ball four minutes in the second quarter. And we was doing what we do, sit on the fucking ball, sit on it, sit on it, sit on it. Instead of trying to put points up, we punt them the ball. With, I think they went on a two-minute draft, scored a touchdown, took the lead. And now we coming down like a bat out of hell before halftime with like 30 seconds left and put up three more points. And I'm just like, what the fuck was that at two minutes ago, three minutes ago? Right, it's clearly it's clearly in the playbook. Like they can call it if they want. We were so concerned about them getting the ball and how much time they would have that we ended up in halftime with a deficit. Is that be that that's and then and then when they go and when they get the touchdown, now we okay. Let's boom boom boom. 52 yard kick. John Parker Romo makes the kick, which I, I ain't gonna lie to you, John Parker Romo. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> there was no way in fuck I believe you was making that kick, dog. Like <laughs> shout outs, but and this it goes back to my one of another one of my biggest gripes with Fuente. He always gets in his bag when the back is against the wall. Right. He always gets into his all right. Well, fuck it. Let me go ahead and no, it's four minutes. You got Notre Dame in your house. Don't nobody. I mean, this game don't mean shit in the grand scheme, but it'll it'll get you a lot of clout uh, amongst the fans if you win this one. Why not go balls to the wall? You, it's not like you can fucking lose the ACC tonight, right? You can't lose shit. Honestly, it doesn't mean anything. You can't lose shit. I don't. I don't get it. Um. I agree. I agreed or didn't care about the other decisions, but that decision to just kind of like kick Notre Dame the ball and okay, we kind of killed the clock and, and Notre Dame went and fucking scored anyway. It was just like, bro. Yeah. Going into halftime with a deficit. Oh, uh, albeit John Parker Romo took some of that momentum back because it should have been 14 to 10, but you know, we was able to get down, kick a 52 yard, make it 14 to 13. Uh, Another what if game, pretty much. Yep. Speaking of Fuente being good back against the wall, uh, or back against the wall this week against an ACC team that is not that not a very good matchup for Tech in the past. So uh, I'm expecting yeah. Fuente to be on his game this week. Actually, we gonna get in. We gonna get it. We gonna get into that. Uh, but I think he's fresh out of souls to sell. <laughs> Week six last. Um, we had picked some games. We uh, over here at Donby Fridays. We like to give out uh betting advice. Uh hope you motherfuckers don't put your rent money up. <laughs> because we don't know shit. 
apparently. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma defeated Texas, in which was the lie of the week turned true for the decade. Um, Oklahoma Sooners went to Caleb Williams. Got that money for your boy. Caleb Williams, the savior. Spencer Rattler. See you at Rutgers, my boy. You out of here. <laughs> uh, sh- shout out Spencer Rattler. I never saw the show. What was it, QB1? Yeah. Um, And everybody who saw the show was like, yo, Spencer Rattler was a dick or whatever. I didn't see the show, so I, you know, I don't know the kid. I didn't see that show, but uh, a lot of QB1 fans don't <clears throat> fuck with Spencer Rattler, apparently. Um, I don't know what OU goes from here, but me putting my faith in Lincoln Riley and OU finally paid off, albeit not the way I expected it. Uh, you lied, my boy. You said you had Texas. Yeah, I had Texas. Hey, they were up early. You know, Caleb Williams said it. I didn't, know I, was, I, didn't, I didn't know I was playing against Caleb Williams. If I knew that, I wouldn't have bet on Texas. The Texas fans was chanting, we want Caleb. <laughs> well, there's some idiots, bro. Uh, Caleb Williams is number one quarterback in his class. He's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck they're doing? You got him. <laughs> uh, Georgia, Georgia defeated Auburn. We said that Georgia would beat the shit out of Auburn, and they did. Uh, there's not much to talk about. No Georgia's not the new number one team in the country after Bama lost, by the way. We didn't pick that Bama-Texas A&M game, I don't think. Um, uh, but uh, Texas A&M with the upset. So, Bama is the new king as of right now. Georgia. Iowa. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you said Bama. I said I was. I said Georgia. You said Bama the new king. <laughs> oh, shit, my bad. Yeah, Georgia's the new king. Bama's the old king. Alabama <laughs> uh, be back number one at the end of the year when it's yeah. time to hoist the trophy. Uh, Penn State lost to Iowa. Um, that I won't call that game a lack of that game. I, I mean, I was wrong. I picked it wrong, but you couldn't go wrong either way. It was number three versus number four. Iowa's home. Iowa was home. They have these games every year at home where they they beat one of those Big Ten East schools. Um, it was a close game. Iowa fans stormed the field. Great scene. Um, while I did lie, I, I don't consider that a lie. Some games, it's a yeah, toss-up. Penn yeah. State's quarterback got hurt when they were up, and then they lost. So, Yeah, shout-out Iowa. Um, shout-out Iowa. Uh, Georgia Tech. Oh, oh, this might be a lot of fucking millennium right here. You had Duke beating Georgia fucking Tech. <laughs> <laughs> I had Georgia Tech uh, covering. They did not do that. So I lied. I just regular lied. We I both think you we had both. Duke win. <laughs> you had Duke winning. Yeah, I had Duke money line. What? <laughs> I saw Duke play this year. What? Uh, they, only, they only lost by four. They lost yeah, 30. They lost 31 to 27. Yeah, I, no, I think the spread was five and a half Georgia Tech. Like I said, I lied. <laughs> but I ain't lied, lied. Um, we both lost money. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I I didn't touch that game. Ugh. UVA defeated Louisville on another missed kick. Um, I think do we we missed favorite. this off the spread, right? Because we I'm pretty sure we both nah, took UVA. Yeah, we both took UVA. I think Louisville was favorite. Oh, then I think we got it. Yeah, but I think we I think we told the truth. I think we told the truth. Um, <laughs> another nasty ass lie. I told the truth here. Uh, I had I had Florida State covering that seventeen and a half. Florida State fucking went up there and won. <laughs> we we both had that right. 
I'm I pretty know sure. I did. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure know. I had I'm pretty sure I had Florida State covering too. Okay. 17 it was 17 and a half, right? It was a, that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. I said something about Florida State and North Carolina. They have these fluky ass, nasty ass, whatever you think it's supposed to be, expect the opposite games. And uh yeah, man. UNC at this point with three ACC losses. Uh, only Done. thing they can do is pass. They only thing they can do is pass Sam Howell's resume. Uh, bro, Mac Brown is zero and eleven against Florida State. Oh, in his life for Florida <laughs> State, that's nasty. Um, another lie that I lost money on Wake at Hughes. Wake was five and a half point favorites, and uh, I think they won in overtime. By the skin of their ass. It's something about that Q's game. And we said this. We said this as a reason why not to pick Wake. That it's something about that dome. It's something about going up there. Everybody tends to play shittier than normal. And yeah. I still said, but Wake could cover that five and a half. No, they didn't. They did not do that. So they left your boy looking crazy out here. So that was another lie. Jesus Christ, a lot the lies. Uh, <laughs> it's not lie of the week. It's lies of the week. It's lies of the week. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Notre Dame defeated Virginia Tech, albeit I think Notre Dame was a one point favorite. But we don't pick Virginia Tech to lose, so that was a fucking lie. Week seven. Week seven, we got one game that's outside of the ACC that's relevant. You got number 11, Kentucky, at number one, Georgia. Georgia's 23-point favorites. Georgia is at home. Georgia covering it? No. No, they're not covering that. I think I think it's about time. That's a lot of points, dude, 23-and-a-half. And, uh, and Kentucky's been sneaky good recently. Uh, so I think it's going to be a little bit of a closer game. It's starting to get to conference play a little later in the season, so – I think they cover it, but they still lose by probably two touchdowns. I'd take uh, I'd take Georgia if it was like minus thirteen. I, I'm leaning I'm leaning towards Kentucky as well. I'm gonna take I'm 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 taking Kentucky, even though Georgia has been so impressive. They're due. They are due to look human because this has been a wild year. Where everybody looks weak at times. Yeah. I just I don't think Georgia's gonna lose or get upset or nothing like that. But I think they're just due to look weak. So I, I also I'm also running with the Wildcats. Clemson, this is gonna be the nastiest. Oh prediction yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be the nastiest. Prediction We're gonna start lying our asses off right here. <laughs> the, the nasty prediction of the week, Clemson. At Syracuse, Clemson is 13 and a Tell half. Tell me the Tell 13 and a Thir- half. 13, two touchdowns. In the fucking carrier dome. In the dome. Clemson look, Clemson should have lost their last game versus Boston College. Clemson has not looked right all season. Something about that dome. What you got shaking out in this game? Uh Syracuse plus 13 and a half. I mean, that's gotta be too much points. I don't know how they how they made that odd. I would have I would have thought it'd be like a six-point game, maybe like three to six point, but uh 13 and a half, not a chance in the carrier dome. 
Um, but one thing I was thinking about though about Clemson is like, do you think they might make a QB change soon? And if they do, what if they're like good all of a sudden, like Oklahoma? Like Oklahoma's struggling, they make a QB change, and all of a sudden Oklahoma's a playoff team. Uh, I don't think they're gonna be a playoff team if they take DJ out, but who knows? Maybe they can get a spark. So might look uh, out for I'm that. Not, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I'm I'm not as hip on Clemson obviously like I am other teams, but uh, Clemson's primary backup, he tore his Achilles in the spring. Ah, okay. I think that's the only thing. He got a fucked up name. No, let me, pause. Let me stop. He does, he does not have a fucked up name. There's no <laughs> such thing as a fucked up name. He has a name that's hard for me to pronounce. I don't want to be disrespectful. I'm going to put some respect on his name. I'm not going to say he got a fucked up name just because I'm a stupid ass American, and he has a name that isn't like English descent or some shit. Oh, but, I see what you're saying. The the yeah, I can't say that either. Starts starts yeah. with a T. Yeah, so it's like Tyson, Tyson, foe, whatever. I can't say. Yeah, that. yeah. He tore his Achilles in the spring, so maybe Dabo might have considered some shit, but uh, that that kid is hurt. Um, so my apologies. Don't cancel us. <laughs> uh, all that said, I'm going with Q's. Uh, I have I have no other reasons other than Clemson doesn't look right and playing up in that dome. They are going to continue to not look right. They'll win the game though. Yeah, facts. Duke at UVA. Uh, UVA's at home. UVA's came off two losses, two wins that should have been losses. UVA's favorite by 10 and a half. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Give me I'm UVA taking, minus I'm taking 30. UVA minus. Yep, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> Give me UVA minus 50. Duke ain't hitting no shit this year. Another game that's going to be a nasty-ass game to uh, predict. Miami at UNC. Miami, Ugh. I think Miami got three losses, if I'm not mistaken. UNC got three losses. The loser of this game, pack your shit up. Uh, Mac Brown ain't getting fired. Manny Diaz loses game, he's fired. If UNC lose this, their offensive defensive coordinators, they might find their ass unemployed by Monday. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. What's, what's the spread on this? Touch, game? UNC is a touchdown favorite. Uh, we're shaking out in this. Oh, um, this is tough. I feel like UNC's got to bounce back after a loss. I don't know if they, I don't know if they play two bad games in a row. So I'm gonna take UNC to cover in this. Yeah, UNC hasn't. Put they don't usually back skid. To back. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They haven't put together no back to back stinkers. They've been very hot and cold, high and low, inconsistent. Yeah, but Manny, and I, but Manny Diaz is fighting for his life. Uh, he can lose this game and fuck around to get fired. Derek <laughs> King is out for the season, which means they'll be starting uh, Tyler Van Dyke or one of those one yeah. of their freshman quarterbacks. And I think that's the only reason why I'm giving UNC I'm giving UNC the edge because Miami is starting young quarterbacks on the road, and it's hard to win on the road with a young quarterback. Um, that shit they did against uh, Central Connecticut or some shit, 
that's not normal. And they were at home. Uh, that was Central Connecticut. This is something completely different. Um, I'm going to take UNC uh, based on those reasons alone. Yeah. And the final uh, the nightcap, the NC State. Num- oh, num- oh, number 22 NC State. There ain't a lot of ranked ACC teams, people. <laughs> the, the league is ass. We are, we are struggling. Number 22 NC State at Boston College. Uh, NC State is a field goal favorite, three points. Um, but they're on the road at Boston College. Another place that's sneaky, Sucks hard to, to play get. Sucks to play in Boston College, especially if it's going to be chilly. A chill in the air, things like that. What you guys shaking out? I'm taking Boston College. Uh, I think I think Boston College. I think it is really hard to go play up in Boston College, especially at nighttime. Just something about going up to Boston and playing is not easy. Uh, I also think Boston College team is pretty good as well. I think they have one of the better rosters and and uh, coaching staffs in the ACC right now. So I think they win this one at home. But I think if it's in NC State, I think NC State wins. I'm gonna take NC State. I'm, I'm taking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take NC State on the road, but Boston College, like you said, it's it's a sneaky underrated staff, yeah. team, fan base, program. If they had Jakovic, it'd be two ranked teams. It'd be it'd be a ranked clash, but that's not the case. Boston College is coming off a game at Clem at Clemson that they should have won, but fumbled it literally so i think they i think boston college do for a bit of a hangover game and uh i think nc state takes that home yeah last but not least the the main event for all hokey fans uh virginia tech pit at virginia tech we're home thank god because <laughs> something about the northern acc teams it's hard to play at the northern acc teams cues uh, Pitt, Boston College. It's something about those venues, especially as the season wears on, where you just get up there and just start playing shitty football, I guess. Yep. Pitt's off, Pitt offense is averaging 52.4 points per game. It's one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the country, based on points per game. Uh, Pitt's defense is giving up 22.6 yards per game, so Pitt ain't really played nobody other than Tennessee. <laughs> Where yeah, I think literally Hinden just Tennessee. Yeah, and the Hooker didn't start. I think Joe Milton started the game. I think Hinden Hooker yeah. finished the game. They only, they only won by, by a touchdown. So I'm not ready to say Kenny Pickett and this Pitt offense is the best offense or, or, or anything like that. But according to the stats and Whatever and who they've played, they've put up the numbers. It's, it's more than I can say about Virginia Tech because we played cupcakes too and we averaged 24.6 points per game. So we, the defense got their work cut out. Kenny Pickett is an experienced quarterback. Kenny Pickett has carved us up in the past. I think that I go back to last year's game where, like, all we did was sit in zone and made it easy for him. <laughs> so, yeah. But that could make things completely different this game if we play man, which I think we probably will end up doing. I I I, I would hope we do play man because after last year's game, bro, I ain't gonna lie to you, that shit 
uh, just watching them throw out routes all game. The whole game, yeah. The whole game. Which which pit game was more frustrated? The 20 last year's pit game or the 2018 pit game where they averaged 174 yards a carry? The eight <laughs> the 18 one. I think the 18 one, because I was I was kind of clocked out last year when they played pit. I didn't really give a fuck uh what happened, but that twenty and that was also a COVID year, but the 2018 one, that one was that one was hard to watch. Because they were running all over us. That was tough. So I definitely they say 2018. Ran. I mean, Caleb Farley. I ain't gonna lie, that 2018 pick game made me think Caleb Farley wasn't an NFL player. Like, bro, you are you will not touch an NFL field. Yeah, that was bad. I was like, was bro, you will never sniff the NFL. Uh, player like this, my boy. I was like, bro, might be a Canadian football player at best. That 2018 <laughs> pick game, trust me, if y'all don't remember that 2018 pick game, throw the tape on. Throw it's, the tape, it's, that bad. Shit was, it's bad. That shit was shit. It was bad. <laughs> it was all bad. But uh, on to the 2021 Pit Panthers, Jordan Addison leads that team. Bro already got nine nine touchdowns. He averaging eighteen point yards, eighteen point one yards per catch. Clearly, this is somebody we gotta we gonna have to uh, roll coverage this way. Um, they gonna they gonna look to get him the ball. These quick outs and shit that Pitt love to do. This quick game they love to run. Uh, Kenny Pick is gonna be unflappable, unshakable quarterback. He's an experienced quarterback. He's seen it all, done it all. He's been at Pitt since Dan Marino fucking was there. <laughs> uh, so he's an experienced quarterback. So I don't think Jay Ham needs to get too exotic like the shit he did to confuse Tyler Buckner last week and, and get him to throw interceptions. I don't think Kenny Pickett is going for that. So I just think we need to just do um, man coverage. Even if, even if you want to have uh, two, two, two deep safeties or whatever the case may be, uh, limit their pass offense. And and just have guys make tackles, please. Praying for tackles. Mm-hmm. Dax will be out for the first half. So, you know, your signal calling and shit might be a little muddy for a half until Dax gets back. I don't think uh it's the huge loss that some people are acting like it is. But I I think from a play calling standpoint and uh getting guys lined up, uh yeah, I think that's more I think we're losing more so that than on the field, because God forbid, if Pitt got somebody out there that's halfway saucy, that, <laughs> I don't even know who Tyler Buckner is, and that nigga was hitting Dax with some eh, 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 Dax ass in the turf. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Tyler Buckner looked like Chinese or some shit, and he was out here hitting Dax with that sauce. I was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Buckner, I don't know if you're Asian or not, my boy, but uh, you 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 was hitting Dax with that shit, my boy. I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he's actually Asian. Dude got to be Korean or some shit. And yeah, he was hitting yeah. Dax with that shit. Oh, like Jesus Christ! I don't think Dax is the the huge loss like some people think it is. I just think as far as getting dudes lined up, motherfuckers yeah. knowing where to be and shit, communication right. wise, that's where we're losing Dax because uh. If pick out a motherfucker other than Addison with some sauce, we in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this game's gonna 
be a uh, contingent on the defensive line, getting enough pressure. I feel like the, the corners, uh, the back end, the secondary is going to be okay for a little bit, but if you give Pickett too much time, he's going to pick you apart. So if we can get pressure, make him uncomfortable, I think we got a, we got a pretty good chance. We definitely, we definitely got to, we definitely have to provide pressure with the front four. Cause if it gets to a point where we have to blitz to get pressure game over, cancel Christmas, cancel fucking Christmas. Because, because Kenny Pickett has seen every coverage. He's seen every blitz. And if we got to get there with five and six, it's ball game. Ain't nothing else to talk about. Ball yep. game. Uh, defensively, Pitt's defense ain't nothing crazy. We seen Western Michigan put 44 up on them. Um, Pitt always got a good pass rush. And we have a quarterback of our own who's banged up, injured, hurt, whatever you want to say. Uh, who's probably going to be throwing sideways all game, going to be throwing screens and and things like that. I don't even think they're going to attempt to throw the ball downfield this week because I don't think Burmeister is healthy enough. So offensively, I don't know what the game plan is. If we can't run the ball, cancel Christmas. <laughs> It's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of scripted a lot of scripted drives. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of short passes, a lot of RPOs, a lot of things of that nature. Um, I think I really I really don't think Burmeister is going to be running the ball a whole lot either. So um, yeah, definitely going to be Burmeister's running the ball a lot, and fuck, he's going to not survive the game. Um, we might see Knox Kadem. They they might they might be. They might plan on putting Knox in. I know Justin Fuente announced that uh, Burmeister starting and whatever, but I would tell all Hokie fans expect to see Knox Tatum, and not because Burmeister gets knocked out of the game. I, they're gonna have to offset. They're gonna have to protect Burmeister from himself because all he knows is scramble and shit. So, yep. But I, I feel like they're gonna be rotating in quarterbacks, like you're saying. So. Um, I don't know. I feel like this game, if you guys are, if you guys are betting on this game in terms of the over under, I would definitely take under 57 and a half. Uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think even if, uh, Pitt pulls away, I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be able to score enough to even put the over above 57. But, um, I actually really like Virginia Tech in this game. Like you said before, like tech always plays good when their backs against the wall. And this is another scenario where Mm -hmm. backs against the wall, ACC is on the line. It's not to a ranked team. Tech is not a ranked team. We know that Tech is better when they're not a ranked team for whatever fucking reason. So uh, I actually like Tech right. in this game. I think they win. If you if you ask me and I'm being real, I, I only because of our current quarterback situation, I could picture Tech losing. Like we don't pick Tech to lose on here. I could I could see it though. Yeah, I can see both we, ways. We absolutely have to run the ball like with with the backs we have to run the ball with the backs there's no there's no other <laughs> you got no choice so whether it's Blackshear whether it's Holston whether it's Keyshawn King or whoever else or maybe Marco Lee gets out the doghouse we don't know it's going to come down to those gentlemen the offensive line uh they're going to have to be the ones to uh to carry they're gonna to have to literally carry us to victory because Braxton Burmeister simply isn't healthy enough to do it. 
Right. And you don't want him to die this game either. Like you don't want you don't want to kill him yeah. this game. You still got what you know five six more games to go. Like you can't kill him. Yeah. We we we're at the halfway point of the season after this. Uh, there's a shit ton of football left to play. And if you basically, I mean, we pretty much said it already. We kind of sacrificed the rest of the season for that Notre Dame game and still lost. Uh, all of our goals, like we, we nothing was going to change for us either, whether we won that game or not. It just would have been good clout for the coaching staff and good for the recruits that was in the building. Yeah, going forward, going forward, being that okay, we played it the way we played it, and everybody died in the quarterback room. Um, the book is kind of out. I don't think Pitt is going to, you know feel like they need to drop people back in coverage. I think they're going to say, look, even if we get beat, he can't get it there. So. Yeah, they're going to play. They're definitely going to be playing down on us. Um, I really think you're going to have to rely on Holston, though. I feel like Holston's had a couple of good games, especially the games we've won, the UNC one, too. Uh, he played pretty well. So I think Holston is going to – I think Holston's got to be the guy out of the running backs. Uh, short yarder situations carry the team, so. Yeah, Definitely gonna rely yeah. on the run game a on the running offense. back. That's gonna need the big piece of chicken this week. Or running back that's gonna need the big piece of chicken. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Uh John Gruden. Uh John Gruden was he, he was not fired. He quit his job because uh he had let out some some emails from 2011. Back in the days, the Washington football team was under investigation, or is is under investigation, and uh John Gruden was emailing with Bruce Allen, who was like the Washington football team's president. And he had said, uh, the Morris Smith got Michelin man lips, which uh, as a as a, a black person, uh, we know what the fuck that means when you say a black person got Michelin man lips. Uh, he tried to say that, oh, I just say he's a liar, whatever. Come on, bro. Pull another email of you calling a white liar, somebody with Michelin man lips, and I believe you. But um, no, nah, no, nah, we know what you're saying. Uh, but apparently that wasn't enough to, you know, move the needle. <laughs> that was that wasn't enough. Saying a black person got Michelin man lips, which, as like I said, I'm a black person, and I've been told. I got big lips, a wide nose. You know, I I know what the fuck going on. You know, said these aren't compliments. Um, right. so you know, it is what it is. Everybody was ready to move on. Of course, you always got uh one thing about when a when a white when a white man says some some problematic shit about black people, it's always a million black people ready to oh calm down, calm down. see <laughs> <laughs> They always ESPN. NFL Network and all these other places bring out their fucking puppets, their black puppets to come out and excuse the shit. Um, so that's what happened, you know. And John Gruden basically said, "I'm not sorry," you know. <laughs> he yeah. gave his bullshit reason, and uh, they went out there, coached the game against the Bears, and they got their ass kicked. But uh, Monday night, <laughs> yep. I think I think this whole story is wild with the in, in terms of a coach getting fired. Well, he he quit, but in my opinion, they asked him to quit. He was told, yeah. he was told to quit. The other shoe dropped on Monday where uh 
He came at the community where they don't bring out a gay, the equivalent of a coon. Like, like where who is the gay coon? Like who comes out when gay people are offended? Be like, calm the fuck down. Nope, I'm not offended. We're good. <laughs> Like, no, when you offend gay people, they come out arm and fucking arm and say, get them out of here. Yep. Get them the fuck out of here. When you, def- when you offend Jewish people, they come out locked arm and arm. Get that person the fuck out of here. That's You offend black people, it's always a splinter group. Like, no, we love <laughs> <big> niggers. Like, <laughs> it don't make sense. Like, only us, though. Every other group, even when you talk about women, like no, women do that shit too. Like, like if somebody disrespects women, other women will come on and be like, "We deserve it." Like, man, that's another weirdo group that can't right. seem to get out their own way. But you, 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 you say a black man got Michelin man lips and Tony Dungy old coon ass niggas like Mike Tarico who say he not even black. They can't wait to come out and defend the shit. But as soon as he disrespects the gay community. He called Roger Goodell the F word. <laughs> <laughs> That's where everybody springs into action. Man, what's your thoughts on all this shit, man? Uh, I think it's fucked. I think the, the craziest part about the whole situation, though, is I don't even think this is the most wild thing they've found. Because this is all these emails, all these emails have came from the Washington football team investigation. And they have they have like six hundred and fifty thousand emails that they're going through. But apparently the only two people that got pinned were Gruden and Schefter. Schefter said some shit about asking Bruce Allen if it was okay to post something or write something. And he asked Bruce Allen if he needed him to delete or delete anything, some shit like that. It wasn't that bad, but it was still a bad look for Schefter. Uh, I think there's way worse shit that they have and that they're, they're keeping it closed right now. Trying to, I don't know. I think, I think it could be way worse than we've seen. So um, my, my opinion is that Dan Snyder actually says some fuck shit in there. That's way worse than what Gruden said. And if that comes out, I think a lot of people in the NFL could get fucked and, a lot more coaches are probably at fault than just Gruden. Yeah. Um, John Gruden saying what he said. Uh, John Gruden saying what he said about Michael Sam uh, being a queer player. And basically the NFL was the NFL pushed him on the Rams. And even Jeff fucking Fisher had to come out like, I ain't involved in this shit. Yep. Jeff Fisher. Mr. A and A himself had to come out like, oh nah, bro, I ain't involved in this bullshit. <laughs> um, I think John Gruden and John Gruden obviously was not a coach at the time. He was hosting Monday Night Football. He was an ESPN employee, but um, I just think John Gruden was just talking away coaches, GMs, and execs talk. I just think that was yeah. I don't like when people seen you know what was said. I don't think nobody was shocked. I agree. It was a peek behind the curtain. If anything, if you ask me, I think he was pretty sanitized. Compared, mind you, they was talking on the work email. I can only imagine what the text messages look like. Yeah, what they said to each other behind doors. So, if anybody was wondering why Colin Kaepernick uh got a settlement and got paid, it's because the NFL does not want shit like this coming out from their higher ups. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because God 
God knows the text messages, emails, DMs, and shit that coaches, GMs, and owners sent each other uh, regarding a lot of people, <laughs> including people like Colin Kaepernick and mm-hmm. other players. Um, but yes, black people, yeah. Um, <laughs> we can go outside and we can sing, we shall overcome, but there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, this type of thinking is the reason why you don't see a lot of black GMs, coaches, and 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 Correct. black people in positions of power because it's still a fucking boys club. So when you see the one, when you see one in that position, just know how many fucking hoops he had to jump through and overcome. Uh, because it, it's a it's a boys club. It, it is what it is. It's a boys club, and uh, they intend to keep the shit that way. Uh, who? Whose emails do you want to see? They could be a coach. They could be uh They could be an exec. They can be a. a oh, people are gonna owner. Are, uh, anybody from the Patriots organization. Belichick, Robert Kraft. Bo- Belichick, Robert Kraft. Yeah, I don't really. I don't mind the Patriots, but I feel like they would be I in that nasty circle. email. You well, you know Robert Kraft was. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. His Big emails time. might be all horny. He might not even be <laughs> racist. He might be just trying to get his shit pulled <laughs> on for it. All yeah. his emails is him trying to arrange shit. That like, one and Jerry Jones, too. Jerry Jones probably got the nastiest email. Like, Jerry Jones probably saying some. Jerry Jones probably using slurs from the 20s in his email. <laughs> Some old ass shit. He yeah. probably oh, called them motherfuckers spooks and his shit. Like, fucking spooks. Nearly for the ass. Like, he probably saying some nasty shit yeah, in I mean, his email. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but this is a conspiracy to me that, like, I feel like all these other owners and coaches are, like, probably freaking out right now, hoping that these emails don't oh, get yeah. out. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like everybody's oh, probably or, or freaking John out. John Gruden says, "I'm not the only one." <laughs> That's the only thing he's not lying about. <laughs> John Gruden says, "Y'all think it's just me?" And uh, I don't think John Gruden would do that because John Gruden is too much of a of a dude. Like he's too much of a man to. I'm taking people with me, but if John Gruden was like a whole ass nigga, like if he was on some other shit, just like yo, mm-hmm. let me take some people with me. And probably leaks Roger Goodell shits. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. But uh, I would love to see uh, Rex Ryan's emails uh, from when he was coaching the Jets. Because I know he just said some vile shit. He was yes. a talk. He was a talk crazy. So I can only imagine what he used to think he was saying behind <laughs> closed doors. Probably some crazy ass shit. Especially crazy when they were losing. Yo, this was a dude that was, he had a video. He was trying to suck his wife's toes. Like, Rex Ryan is a wild boy. 100%. You out here trying to suck your wife's toes, bro, on video. Like, so you know with the shit he does in emails. Oof. Mm -hmm. But that's it for Don V Fridays, man. We want to thank y'all for tapping in. Yes, sir. We thank y'all for all the support, all the love we get, all the hate we get, all that. (laughs) You know, it's for uh, all okay. listeners, thank you, all listeners, all listeners, whether you love us, hate us, whatever. Um, especially my 247 listeners, we love you. We love a hey, shout out to 247. Anything you, you got to say to the people before we sign out? 
Uh, nah, man. I, I my, my last thing is Tech's going to win this weekend. That's my call. It's a bounce back time. But, uh, hey, uh, I'm on the board for for uh, for Jay Ham for, for head coach. So we'll see how that goes. Future future interim coach Jay Ham might be soon come. Uh, <laughs> man, Fuente going through it, bro. I saw Fuente out there with a cross around his neck. So you are. <laughs> He's praying now. <laughs> Wait, hey, wait, say fuck around and got religious on y'all boys, man. That's how you know he went out there. He said, man, Jesus going to curry me. And one thing about Jesus is he don't give a fuck who wins or loses in a football game. <laughs> that's facts. But that's it for Dobby Fridays, man. Till next week, God bless.